Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Toggling his balls. I like your boots. Just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Targling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down L. Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet then. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The raucous red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Puzzle, your balls. Womack style. (sighs) Oh, god fucking damn fuck shit! Oh, baby. We're back. It's been so long. It's been too long. It's been a week, but it feels like a lot longer than a week. Right? Or is that just me? It feels, I guess because the last podcast I did from this desk, from where I'm sitting at my at my little desk here, my little, my home studio was June 25th, I think. That was two weeks ago. Uh, I, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it was June 25th last week. It's, it's already Friday. Let me look at the, let me look at the calendar. Uh, today's the 12th. Last Friday was the 5th. The Friday before that would have been, what, the 29th, 28th? 27, 27, two and a half weeks. That's the last time I did a regular old podcast. Episode 9 was right here in the home studio. 
And then we did last week's podcast was uh, a special location down south on the beach, kind of, sort of. And it was the nice sort of half-assed Lazy Man's podcast that I was able to do for episode 10 to just record myself crying and whining about the beach on my phone and then just copying and pasting it into what I called episode 10. Which was kind of a uh, kind of a pain in the ass to put together just because I didn't have my normal setup and I tried to do it on the iPad and that had its problems and then I did it I finally got it working on the laptop that was cool and the the internet in the room sucked so you're welcome everybody the lengths that I go to I really I really deserve uh, great praise from all of you and I will expect I will expect that much coming up in the days and weeks to come. Speaking of great praise, I forgot to read an email. I read an email from my cousin Ryan, who had great things to say. It was a fucking awesome email. Thanks, buddy, again. I never read the email from my cousin Frank. An old Frankie boy wrote me some nice notes a couple weeks ago, and I f- completely failed to... <clears throat> is that my voice? Is that my voice that's going, or is it the microphone? Anyway, uh, there, I think that's better. Ah, the golden pipes. Anyway, let me open up this email from Frank, who is also Ryan's brother. My cousin Ryan, my cousin Frank. They are brothers. They're good dudes. Frank, hey man, just listen to the first episode of your podcast. Good job, dude. It was funny as hell. Frankie then writes, there are so many ways you can go with it too. You have the hard part done. You are natural on the mic. Guilty as charged. And you can engage when you talk. Ever listen to a podcast with someone who can't do either? Yes. Yes. They're not good. Even if it's a subject matter that I really like, it's hard to listen when some guy just has no business talking publicly, speaking publicly in any way, shape, or form. Not that I'm all that great, but man, some of these fuckers with these podcasts, I mean, any, any asshole can have one. That's how I got here through no particular talent, just, oh, hey, I have a computer and a microphone and an internet connection, so great, now I have a podcast. Uh, So, yeah. And uh, funny, Frank also writes, uh, I'm on episode four where you are talking about getting road rash for Christmas. I remember when you got that. Holy shit. Your podcast is awesome and you are getting better at it. Uh, Keep up the good work, man. Funny stuff. The stories are awesome, as is Grandma Cliff. Thanks, man. I remember, yeah, that's right. You guys were there. You visited when we got when I got road rash for Christmas, and of course we know what happened with road rash. As do we know what happened with the instruction manual? But we've talked about that enough. That's in previous episodes. Go back and listen to them all. I also had a great. Uh, there was also some feedback, some uh, a review on the uh, on the Apple thing. Uh, this. I'm reading. I'm not going to read every fucking review that I ever get, but this one uh, jumped out because uh, this is my buddy Nate, not not the Nate from childhood, sir. Uh, my you know one of my best friends since since child childhood for thirty years. That's a different Nate. This Nate uh, goes back over a decade, 12, 12, 13 years that I've known. Good old Nate. Uh, and he's, he left a review that says, uh, he signed his name, not the Nate in the podcast, so that way I would know which Nate. 
And it says, more live reads of Bank Life. Good work, Johnny Boy. See, that's pretty cool because Bank Life, bank life is very specific to a very specific group of people uh, with whom I worked almost a decade ago. And I, I've always wondered, you know, I have some friend Nate and Carrie, that Nate, uh, enjoys the bank life. Uh, you know, I have some close friends who have enjoyed some of the bank life stuff. I've read some of this stuff to my family. They actually, you know, my dad actually laughed at some of the bank life stuff years ago when I read it to him, uh, at his retirement party actually. And, uh, but, but I've always wondered like, man, do people who didn't work with me, who don't know, you know, who don't care about banking or who don't know any of these these kind of characters or can't relate at all. Like, what does what does an outsider think of bank life? I know I know what my childhood friends and family and the people who who I've worked with in banking think of bank life. But what about somebody who who doesn't live the bank life? What are they going to think about it? So I'm really happy, Nate, Nate S, Nate Stengrevics. I still don't know if that's the way to pronounce your name, but I joined the club. I don't think anybody does. Uh, thanks, man. That's fucking awesome. And by the way, Nate Nate S. This guy, this guy's a good dude, and I've known him a long time. He played at uh, at my wedding at, at Kim's and my wedding. Um, he played "God Only Knows" as a Beach Boys tune. That you, I don't think I need to explain to you what song that is. If you don't fucking know what that song is, I, I don't even know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, this guy's just a tremendous, talented musician, guitar player, singer, songwriter. Uh, he plays like solo gigs. If you're listen, if you're in the Albany, Saratoga area, the Adirondack area, you know, look for this guy. He plays solo as just Nate. Actually, am I? Am I, I hope I'm not like telling tales out of school. I, do you, I don't even know if he still does that. I would assume so. I would assume you still perform, Nate. Let me know if you do, and I'd be happy to like plug your shit on the on the podcast. Because he has like bands. He had this band back in the day. It was Twenty Eight N, and then uh, this this band uh, called Bark Eater, and then this other band called the Bad Chaperones. I follow. I follow Nate. I'm not. Uh, I'm hip. I'm hip to your to all of your musical. Uh, Wheelings and dealings. I think I've I've just correctly off the top of my head named successfully named your three your three bands over time. I don't think they all exist currently, but they have in some way, shape, or form. And uh, I know I've seen you perform live as you go by the name of Just Nate when you perform at such tremendous venues as Ravenswood in Clifton Park, New York, and at the like uh, I I'll never remember the name of the fucking place. It used to be the Crystal Inn. Crystals and Burn Hills. It's like the pig, the pig and the the pig and the poke. <laughs> no, that's from that's from European vacation. I, I don't know the pig and the the pig and the thing. The pig and the whistle. The pig and the whistle. I don't know. I'll go see Nate. He's got like Facebook pages. And Nate, if you want to give me more information, I'd be happy to plug your stuff. I you know I I plugged Amy Tig photography. I should also speaking of Nate's, I should I should probably also plug All Star Plumbing. There you go. There's a free plug, Nate Duel. To make up for the Road Rash book, I'm plugging your uh, your company on a podcast that seven or eight people listen to. So you are welcome, sir. 
uh, all-star plumbing in the greater capital region of New York. This guy, it fucking is all-stars. Listen, listen to this. This guy has all the, you know, you go on Google, you look at reviews and ratings. This son of a bitch and his plumbing company, he's got five stars. Like 80, 90, I don't even know how many reviews he has. There's a ton of them. They're all five-star reviews. It's like unheard of. So if you're in the 518, <coughs> excuse me, if you're in Burn Hills, Clifton Park, I don't know the radius. I don't want to, whatever. But since I'm in, I'm in this weird mood of plugging my friends' bands and artwork. I mean, Jesus Christ, All Star Plumbing, Nate Duell. He's he's the guy. Fair prices and uh, reliable service. I think that's what you'll come to expect with All Star Plumbing. So there you go. There's now we're even. I we put your name in the Road Rash book, and I have just I've plugged All Star Plumbing f- uh, for no no reason other than. You're one of my best buddies, and I'm happy to do it. So uh, listen to listen to Nate Stengrevic's band stuff. Uh, check out Amy Tig Photography and uh, and All Star Plumbing for your plumbing needs. Everybody needs a fucking plumber at some point. Jesus Christ, I'm going on talking about this stuff. Anyway, yeah, do all that. Uh, but then this Nate Nate S. Uh, this uh, this musician Nate. Yeah, he played at our wedding. He was awesome. He's fucking awesome. And he writes... uh, Let's see. (laughs) I'm listening to episode 10 as I write this message. Wishing you all the annoyances available under that low-hanging cardboard sun. See, I love when these emails come out. Like, Amy addressed me as Dear Sir. People are, like, referencing. There's only 9, 10 shows now 11 people are like writing me emails and messages and stuff and they're referencing referencing stuff from previous podcasts i fucking love that shit so nate uh yeah i'm listening to episode 10 as i write this wishing you all the annoyances available under that low-hanging cardboard sun because of how much i love the sun and of course the not the paper moon the cardboard sun uh the uh, where as you know lenny sampson got his Got his mojo back, so to speak. The Christmas, Denny's, uh, Lenny's Christmas boner. Not Denny, definitely not Denny. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I'm not sure if you have more than one bowling story, but if it's the one I think it is, I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Oh, there's only one bo- bowling story, my friend. We're about to get to that. Finally, as you reminisce on all of the people that made you laugh at Barnes & Noble, never forget the guy who put on... <laughs> Put in the most effort for a single laugh. Yours truly, Melanie. Uh, yeah, and that's okay. So yeah, Nate, Nate S, and I worked together at Barnes and Noble back in 2006, 2007. Little tiny little bit of 2008, early 2008, before I left and got my big boy job in banking, bank life, and uh, we worked together quite often. And in addition to working together, I would take my break and I would come back, you know, a good, uh, a good 10 or 15 or 20 minutes late. And, uh, it really drove Nate crazy. Um, but he was such a nice guy, you know, he kind of, he kind of went with it. At one time I was, I was scheduled to come back from my break at a certain time. And so Nate, there was, it was a a dead, dead day in the store at Barnes and Noble Back in the music department, they have the red dot system where you can scan the CDs, which 
they used to be there were these discs that you could put into a CD player and they played music. A picture like a Spotify or an iTunes, but like a physical, a round thing that you had held, and some of the songs could fit onto those uh, onto those CDs. So you would scan the CD, the barcode on a CD, and it would play like thirty second previews of all the tracks. And I remember talking to Nate at great, great length about how one of the songs that I really hate most in this world is that uh, brand new. What is that, Melanie? Brand New Key, that's the song by Melanie. One of the worst songs ever written, performed, composed. It's just a song that shouldn't exist. It really shouldn't. It's just a real... Look at this on Spotify. 13 million people... 13 million plays, you know, streams of this song. That's inexplicable. Is it because... Is it because people like it, or is it because people hate it so much? Like, I'll play it because I hate it so much that I want to listen to it, because I can't believe that such a terrible song exists. So anyways, I had this conversation with Nate about how much I hate the song and how bad it is. He took the CD, the Melanie CD, with brand new key on it. He scanned every uh, little red dot kiosk in the department. He just ran... Eight, nine, ten different kiosks scanning that song and cranking the volume as loud as it could so that nothing but Melanie Brand New Key would be playing when I came back from my break. The only problem was I came back from my break like maybe 20 minutes later than I was supposed to. But this fucking guy, Nate, so committed to the bit and there were no customers. So during that whole 20 minutes, he just ran in circles to every Red Dot station. <laughs> Scanning that CD, that Melanie CD, scanning it one, two, three, four, eight, nine, ten different stations. He ran in circles, scanning the CD. That's commitment. Nobody has ever committed more to one single joke than this, Nate. And it was, and I came waltzing back in twenty minutes late, and, and there, all the fucking songs Melanie's brand new key was playing in stereo and not in sync with you know there were twelve, thirteen, however many different uh you know different stations playing the same song at each little red dot terminal blasting through the headphones and i looked at him and said how how long have you been doing this and he said i started you were supposed to be back from your break 20 minutes ago i've been doing it the whole time so yeah brand new key had played for 20 minutes and not the whole song, mind you. I 30 second clips is what you got on these little preview things. You know, like this is like when you go on iTunes and you want to preview a song, you get, you know, 30 seconds or so. And so he ran around and around, scanning that CD at every goddamn one of those red dot t- terminals for 20 minutes because I was 20 minutes late from my break. But he stuck with the joke and it paid off. At least for me, it did. I'm not sure if he felt the same way having to. Having to do that since it was, it was one of the many times that uh, that I said, "Yep, I'll be back in exactly one hour from my break," and then, or thirty minute, whatever it was, half hour, and then, uh, you know, may may have lost in a a minute or two past the time I was supposed to be back. Oh my god! But that was commitment, commitment to the bit, Nate. Uh, yeah. He writes, I was, I, yeah, cycled through 20 red dot systems to simultaneously play brand new key as you arrived, but I wasn't prepared for you to be 20 minutes late. Congrats on your five star podcast. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Thanks, man. So, okay. So, yeah, Nate, 
Nate mentioned the bowling story. I've I've teased it a bunch of times. I think I mentioned it last week as well. And uh, let's tell the let's tell the bowling story. So so yeah. So Nate. So f- for this episode of the podcast, when I say Nate, I'm referring to Nate Stengrevics, who ran around the red dot scanning the Melanie CDs, who has 17 different bands that perform or maybe don't, and uh, who I worked with at Barnes and Noble. And we used to go back in the day. I worked at Barnes and Noble from 2003 until May. May 19th, 2003 until February 1st, 2008, which is ridiculous that I remember those dates. I don't know any other dates of, yeah, yes, I do. I'm pretty good with dates. Uh, and it's funny cause we got, Kimmy and I got married in 2007 and <laughs> at the great escape lodge and indoor water park in beautiful Lake George, New York, right across from the great escape, six flags, whatever it's called now. And as I mentioned, Nate, Nate played, he performed beautifully, uh, it's just a solo with his guitar, really amazing, amazing, beautiful version of God Only Knows. That was his wedding gift to us, which is just unbelievable. Um, can't put a price on something like that. And prior to that, I had only known some of these guys for about a year. I, you know, there were a lot of lot of folks who I worked with at Barnes and Noble since the beginning. You're Dave Thurlow's, you're Amy Tiggs, you're Les Talmas, and so forth. And I shouldn't be naming names because the people who I forget to mention are going to be pissed. Sorry. You know who you are. Everybody that I worked with at Barnes & Noble from 2003. And folks came and went. And in that last year, 2006 to 2007, was when we really started just going crazy. Just, you know, rat packing it up every night <laughs> after we the fucking store would close at 11. We'd be out of there at 11.30 midnight, and then we'd go over to the Firkin and Fox on Wolf Road in Colony, and we'd close that place down, any number of us. And if we worked a day shift that ended at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we would also go over to the Firkin and Fox, and we would get our drinks, and the bartenders all knew us, and I felt weird because I had never been like known by a bartender. It was really getting into like you know Norman Cliff territory, where I'm like, uh-oh, am I... Uh do I have a problem? Because <laughs> it was a daily occurrence. Well, one particular day, uh, so, and and I'm during this time at Barnes and Noble made a, a ton of friends. Like fucking again. I'm sorry I can't name all your names. I could, but that's you know be here. We'll be here all day. And uh, at our wedding at the Great Escape Lodge, an indoor water park in Lake George, New York. Um. We had, you know, many of the tables were, f- of course, f- groom's family, bride's family, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all that stuff. And, uh, of course, best friends, longtime friends uh, from previous places of employment and going, you know, childhood friends and all that stuff. And then, like, half of the room, I think there were, like, five or six tables that were just Barnes & Noble employees because there were so many people that... I was such, you know, great friends with at Barnes and Noble, and I think the joke was that it was the Barnes and Noble prom, the the Hopkins wedding, aka the Barnes and Noble prom, two thousand seven. Um, but a few months prior to that, in June of two thousand seven, uh, Nate, as well as my good buddy Dave Helms, aka Davo, I'm going to call him Davo because that's Armenian for Dave, because we had a uh, we had a very nice fellow 
who worked as a manager at Barnes and Noble, who would tell us what our what our names were in Armenian, and of course Davo is Armenian for Dave, and so henceforth he became Davo. So Davo and Nate and I went to the Firkin and Fox one evening, and for some reason, I don't know why this this day was a little different than others. Uh, Les, our good buddy Les, a longtime BNN uh, Barnes and Noble legend, and one of the nicest individuals you could ever meet, which is why we're also pretty sure he's he has a a long uh, secret history of violence, murder, that kind of thing. Because nobody can be that nice without without killing and uh, you know raping and pillaging on the side, which I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does even though he's the sweetest guy ever. So Les joined us for a drink, just the four gents sitting around. Occasionally our our buddy uh, Lindsay, also known as Big Cookie, Big Cookie would join us a lot of times for a drink. Uh, Big Cookie got the name Big Cookie uh, because I once saw him eating a Big Cookie, and so uh, he became Big Cookie, and everybody, just like poor Dr. Ice became Dr. Ice, Big Cookie became Big Cookie. He's still Big Cookie. Um, which I'm sure is why he, like Dr. Ice, just fucking despises me. Um, Big Cookie. Big Cookie was a fucking awesome guy, too, because Big Cookie came up to the... I had a bachelor party where we rented rented a house up in the woods, up in the Adirondacks, and just drank and played video games and shot illegal fireworks and just, you know, had fun. And Big Cookie uh, drove all the way up there to be a part of it, which was really cool. And uh, I'm sure Big Cookie regretted it the instant he walked in but uh, nevertheless, I'm glad that Big Cookie came up to the Bachelor Fest. So Big Cookie's a great friend. He he came often to the Firkin and Fox. It was usually Nate and Davo and Big Cookie and me having drinks at the bar, some wine or some scotch or some beer, or in this particular night, all of the above. And so we're sitting at the bar, and, and Les has is, is, is joined us. Big Cookie's there. Nate and Davo are there. Big Cookie has to leave. He gets going. Uh, Les has to go. He heads out. The three of us, Nate and Davo and I, make a comment because Les had ordered sweet potato fries. And there was just a there was a mountain of salt on these fries. And the three of us looked at each other and we said, My God, I'm I'm legitimately worried about Les. That's that's a lot of salt. That's I think that's too much salt. We should we should have a sit down and talk talk with Les about his uh about his choice of uh his uh, things that he consumes, uh, and of course, without realizing, you know, the irony of how we we were drinking beer all afternoon, and then suddenly we switched over to red wine, and then switched over to scotch, or maybe I switched over to scotch. Anyways, we were there for hours, just drinking and drinking. We're sitting here commenting about less having a too much salt in his diet, and we're just, you know, our uh, you know drinking our body weight in beer and wine and scotch. So we started out with beer, and then it was just one of those things where I looked down, and we all have glasses of red wine, and I didn't really know why or how they got there. I mean, uh, I, obviously they got there because we ordered them, but it's getting to the point where I don't even – it's already getting – the sun is still still high in the sky. It's it's like 6 o'clock in the middle of June, so it's bright out, and, uh, and we're just drinking, just drinking and drinking and drinking. And then really it's one of those things, you know how sometimes you're drinking and then the next thing you know, you're bowling 
You know that? You ever have that where you're at a bar drinking and then you just blink your eyes and snap your fingers and you're you're at a you're at a bowling alley with and then there's more people with you who weren't at the bar. And I I, I vaguely remember texting some other friends and these two friends were uh, Jess, Jess Wager, who worked at Barnes and Noble, who I love. And then uh, Megan, Megan Vincent uh, or whatever, whatever her last name is now. I don't know. It's some other name. Sorry, Megan. I should know. Well, anyway, Megan Carroll. That's it. That's her last name, Megan Carroll. I'm sure nobody wants to be mentioning their last names, but who fucking cares? It's a podcast. You know, come on. Uh, so, anyways, so Nate and Davo and I just drinking beer, then wine, and then suddenly uh, we're suddenly it's just happening. The, the things are just starting to happen. Like, hey, we're going to go to the bowling alley. And Jess and Megan are going to join us. And Megan worked at Barnes and Noble, and her sister Michelle worked at Barnes and Noble, like from the time that I started. And we're all like great friends. And uh, and so so Megan's going to meet us at the bowling alley, and Jess is going to meet us at the bowling alley. And so somehow, I think it was maybe like a magic carpet or something took us to the bowling alley because I don't even remember. I just remember uh, there's beer, and then there's wine, and then we're going to go bowling, and then we're at the bowling alley. We're just there. We just materialized. We apparated. And uh, so, so we're at the bowling alley, Jess and Megan. And so it's the five of us bowling. For, I don't know why. We just, we're just bowling at this place called Redwood Lanes in Colony. And it's like, it's like a Tuesday night. And it's not that late. It's still pretty, it's still pretty fucking early. It's like, I don't know, 7, 8 o'clock. And we're just starting to bowl, and there's the place is packed, and it's all like families and kids. And then we're just, I just remember Davo going up, and he's coming back, or Nate, or somebody's coming back with just these big tin buckets, these buckets filled with beer, filled with like Bud Light or some fucking gross thing. And so we just, you know, we had beer and then wine and then some scotch, and now we're back to like beer. And I'm like, all right, well. Let's keep it keep it going. This is fun. And so we're just like, we're just, oh my God, we're just drinking like fish. And I'm not promoting, you know, severe alcoholism, <laughs> which is what this was. But Jesus Christ, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying that's how it was for me and my buddies back in the, back in the day, back in 2007. That was a, that was a boo- booze-fueled summer. There's no question about it. And, uh, and I currently, I think the last time I had a drink of alcohol, even a drop, was like a week or two before Christmas of last year. I didn't like quit drinking or anything. I just, I got tired of just being, you know, having like hangovers. And I really hadn't been drinking that much for the last couple of years. I think having kids too and, uh, you know, be somewhat responsible, I guess. <laughs> it's not that I don't enjoy it because I do. I just... I have no interest in it at this particular moment in my life, and that may change again. But right now, the pendulum has swung in in this way where I don't drink. But in 2007, the pendulum was on the other side of the the pedestal, I guess, if you will. And uh, oh man, yeah, those were some those were some booze fueled days and nights back then. Uh, so so we're bowling and we've got buckets of beer and we're just drinking endless buckets of beer and then bucket another bucket shows up and then like I'm getting a bucket of beer and we're all oh we're just we're and we're and we're yelling and you know I 
some some may say that I I'm kind of loud. I don't know about that, but I think in a public place, much like my dad, we both have terrible hearing, so I think we're just we're just loud naturally, and then I just get louder because I can't hear. And then you're drinking, and you then you really can't hear, so you just get louder and louder. So we're just you know kids and families having a nice Tuesday night out. Summer vacation is probably like this is probably right around the time that summer vacation was starting for the school. So it's probably for a lot of these kids, it's probably like their first day of vacation, and they're like bowling and their families there and having dinner and it's nice and they're having a nice time, and then us assholes screaming and swearing and just oh my god just the f word was flying that f word she was flying that night and uh, so i'm just i'm just drinking and drinking and bowling and bowling and then all of a sudden i look up and then there's nate and for some reason he's he's up it's his turn to bowl and he's he's spinning around and he's got the bowling ball in his hand but he's just he's twirling around like he's on his feet up by the ball return thing, he grabs his ball, and now he's just twirling around while he's swinging his ball, his bowling ball, up over his head. And he's so he's twirling and spinning and swinging the ball around over his head. And also, oh, by the way, for some reason, there's no shirt on Nate anymore. He has, he has no shirt on for reasons that escape me, but I didn't care, and I still don't care because it was one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. So there's Nate... With his long, with his long flowing locks and his jeans and his bowling shoes, spinning, <laughs> spinning, spinning the bowling ball uh, over his head, swinging around, and no shirt on. And there's just children and families on either side, just completely horrified at this scene. This, this drunken maniac with all of his other drunken maniacs. And of course, Jess and Megan had just arrived. Like this was the, their night was just starting, so they didn't they didn't spend like. I think we got to that Furkin and Fox probably, I think a lot of our, those early shifts ended around 3 or 4 o'clock, so we've got like we've got like a good solid 3 or 4 hours of drinking under our belt at this point. And then more drinking at the bowling alley, and they're just getting started, so they've, they're like, holy shit, these guys have been, they've, 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 they've been doing this for quite some time. They've, uh, <laughs> they got off the runway a long time before we did, and, uh, so yeah, so we we bowl and we just keep bowling and drinking and screaming and swearing and Nate's shirt's off and he bowls the rest of the night with no shirt on, which was the greatest thing ever, and uh, and then we decide afterwards, we said you know what we should call it a night. I think we've had enough. I think we've just done enough damage to our bodies and to our neighbors. Let's just go home and get a good night's rest. That's not what we did at all, actually. We said, hey, let's go drink some more at another bar. And at this point, we've been bowling for hours. It's like, I I, I don't know, it's it's 11 o'clock, it's midnight. I, I'm, I'm not even sure. It's so fucking late. So now, so now we have just spent an eight-hour day. We just had an eight-hour shift in the morning at Barnes & Noble, and now we have had the equivalent of an eight-hour shift of doing nothing but drinking and bowling. And so, and then we decide, let's keep, let's get some overtime. We, we wouldn't put this much effort into a, into a workday at the bookstore, but let's put this much effort into our night of debauchery. So we go to this bar just up the road called Truman's, which I was very pleased to learn, uh, went out of business and closed and I think was demolished a few years ago, which is good because Truman's, these fuckers, we go in, we're not harming anybody. 
We were a little loud and obnoxious, sure, at the bowling alley, but at Truman's, we decided we're just going to hang out by the bar and talk. And now at this point, so, I, so I've so i had a bunch of beer at the Firkin and Fox and a bunch of red, <laughs> red wine at the Firkin and Fox. And I've had scotch at the Firkin and Fox. And then we have had buckets of beer at the bowling alley at the Redwood Lanes. And so now I think, okay, I think scotch is really what I should be drinking right now at the at Truman's, at this bar called Truman's. So I get a scotch, and the fellas are drinking, and Jess and Megan, we're all drinking. And then, for some reason, I look over, and, and Nate is, uh, uh, his, his night's coming to an end, or, you know, at least this, he, he needed a break, he needed a rest. So Nate was on the floor, just resting. He, was, he wasn't passed out. He just, he didn't like fall over. He just got on the floor under a table in a little, there's like a little side room, a little back room, and he decided to just lie down on the floor and take a rest, which I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I thought that actually at the time made a ton of sense to me. I thought this, this is like, this guy's being very sensible. Instead of, you know, he's burning all of his energy, he burnt a lot of energy at bowling. He's going to have a little nap on the floor of this bar and then he'll be he'll wake up and he'll be refreshed and he'll be ready to ready to keep going he'll have his uh, second or 89th wind and so for some reason so the bartender the female this little short little female little little rednecky little troll lady comes out and she starts yelling at Nate and you know tell him to get up and get get off the floor and i said listen 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 he's he's had a rough day He's, I said, we, he had a long day at work. We had a long night of bowling. He's very tired. He's taken a quick little rest, and then he's going to get up. And she goes, oh, he's had a rough day. And I said, yeah, he's, he's just having a rough time. Just leave him alone, will you? He's not doing it. He's on the floor. He's not bothering anybody. He's not, it's not like he's on the floor of the women's room. He's on the floor where nobody's sitting, just under a table. Like, like if, a, if a cat or a dog walked in, you wouldn't yell at them to go lie down under a table. You would be like, oh, look at the cute dog. Nate was, you know, he was being like a cute pet lying down to get some rest under a table. And so I ex- tried to explain that to her, and he's had a long day. We all started our shift at Barnes & Noble at about 7 a.m. It's been a long day. And uh, so he's just taking a rest. And she goes, oh, he's had a long day? Oh, I'm sorry. And and then she starts calling him, you know, he's, he's uh, oh, oh, miss, excuse me, miss. Oh, is she, is she, uh, she's tired. Oh, the lady's tired. And I'm like, what are you, why are you making, why are you calling him a lady? He's, it's Nate. He's, he's tired. He's had a rough day. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she, and then she says something to the effect of, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. He's such a lady, and he can't handle it like a like a man. He can't something something along those lines. And I'm like, that's an absurd thing to say. He's just resting. He's just resting. It's like women rest, and so do men. It's like, what are you talking about? What? And you're a woman, and you're you're making your insult is that he's a woman. You know, you're a woman too. And we're with like other women who aren't rested. Just he's he's taking a rest. So we we kind of finish up our scotches, and Nate's still he's still on the floor, and uh, I finish my drink, and the girls and Davo finish their drinks, and they go outside. Jess, Megan, and Davo go outside because it's getting pretty late at this point. It's well after midnight. There's a lot of rednecks at the bar. It's just I'm not I'm not feeling a great vibe from this Truman's, especially the way that this bartender is talking to Nate. So. 
So then I, I go you know, to the restroom and I come out and Nate's still, he's still kind of resting on the floor. He's having a cat nap. And so I get him up and he's, he's, he's starting to get up off the floor. And the bartender comes over again. She goes, okay, okay, miss. Okay, miss, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get out. Time for you to leave. And I said, look, I said, I'm, I'm getting him up. I'm telling you right now, I'm helping him up. We're going to leave because I've had enough of this shitty bar. And I said, I'm telling you again, he's had a really long day. <laughs> he's just resting. He's not actually, like, what harm is he causing to anybody? And she goes again. She goes, oh, she's like, he's had a long day. I'm like, yeah, I just told you he's had a long day. And you go, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, thank you. And she goes, I'm sorry he's on his period and can't handle it. And I said, what? She goes, yeah. Is he on his period? Can't handle it, miss? And then I just, and, and Nate was standing up at this point, and he starts, you know, I've I've kind of, I think I'm like propping him up maybe, and and I start to, and I'm, we're, we're, we're walking to towards the door at this point, and then I just, I fucking lost it when she said that. And I just started screaming. I screamed at her. I screamed at everybody at the bar. And I said, you fucking redneck, you white trash piece of shit. You, you fucking loser, you redneck piece of shit. You, you hillbillies. And everybody at the bar, you fucking redneck hillbilly, inbred, Albany motherfucking pieces of shit, you scumbag loser. Fucking and so... And so we go out the door, and I'm just screaming, and everybody's at the bar, like, turned around, and they're they're just, like, <laughs> they're just staring at me. And I'm just, I've got, like, Nate, I'm holding Nate up, and we're going backwards out the door as I'm, I'm still, I'm still walking out the door, screaming, just, you redneck, hillbilly, inbred, fucking piece of white trash scumbags, every single one of you fucking losers, fuck you. Just trying to have a drink. Fuck you. And uh, so I'm just I'm yelling as as I'm backing out the door, and then the door closes, and I turn around, and Nate's kind of got his shit together. He's standing up, and there's Davo, and there's Megan, and there's Jess, and they're just hanging out. I think Jess was maybe having a smoke, and we stood there, and everybody's Davo and Jess and Megan. They said to me like, "What the fuck? What just happened?" I said, "Oh, no big deal. Just." You know, it's nothing. And they're like, it's not no big deal. We were standing out here. It was it was dead silent. All of a sudden, the door flies open, and there's the back of your head, and I hear you screaming at everybody, calling them redneck, hillbilly, inbred pieces of trash. And I said, okay, I might have said all of those things because they, I said, look, they insulted the gentleman here, as I pointed to Nate. I said, they insulted my friend, she insulted my friend. He's just trying to rest. He wasn't doing any harm to anybody, and she was being a bitch, which is true. She was. And so I fired back accordingly and called him, her and everybody else at the bar who may or may not have had anything to do with the whole scenario. I called them all redneck, white trash, inbred, hillbilly pieces of shit. And then, of course, yeah, as, as, as they explain, as Davo and Jess and Megan explain, and it was it was rather humorous. It was rather comical to see me. It was it was almost like a verbal version of like an old saloon western gunfight. As I think as I think Davo explained to me, like I was it was it looked like I came out of the out of the Wild West saloon firing my pistols as I backed up out of the saloon. Only instead of instead of bullets and guns, I was just firing off insults at these 
fucking redneck hillbilly inbred white trash pieces of shit at the bar and that fucking stumpy troll bartender and and then on top of that the the greatest thing is that you know we're standing there like man should we leave like what if these guys are getting ready to like just come out and kill us and being being in the state that we were we just said nah let's take our chances we'll hang out here and talk for a little while longer so we just stood outside talking to each other uh, and luckily nobody came out I, i'm kind of shocked but i also think they didn't give a shit at some you know little 20 something year old jackass like me drunk off his fucking skull drunk out of his skull slinging insults <laughs> i think i just think they were happy that we left and they didn't want anything to do with us so so we all left and then um yeah not proud but like an idiot um drove home pre uber days and just you know being a fucking moron and nobody should in the days of now of lyft and uber and everything else there's no fucking reason to drink and drive i'll use this as a psa don't do what i did i drove all the way from albany from colony from you know central avenue wolf road drove all the way back to burn hills and made it made it in one piece safe and sound but that was oh let's just say maybe not the smartest thing i've ever done um on that note nate and davo uh, who lived in Albany and had a much shorter drive. Same with Jess and Megan. And Jess and Megan were not in any terrible shape that I know of to, to drive home. Uh, but Davo and Nate got in their car and they drove to uh, Wendy's, I believe. You guys will have to keep me honest on this. I'm sure I'll be making corrections to this story next week. Davo and Nate drove over to Wendy's and uh, they told me the next day that they sat at the at the drive through for a very long time. Um, placing their order, which of course at the time they didn't realize that Wendy's was closed and dark, the lights were off, and they just sat at the drive-through, uh, ordering burgers and fries, uh, into a speaker, into an intercom that had uh, nobody on the other end. So, yeah, and then I and then I went home, and I think I I remember calling everybody on the, the another stupid thing instead of just driving, I picked up my phone and I I called. Nate and Davo to, uh, you know, whatever. I, ironically to say, oh, get home safe. And I called Jess to say the same thing. And then I called Megan to say the same thing. And by the time, I think I had called Nate and Davo first. Then I called Jess second. And it was right around the time that I was pulling into the driveway. Uh, yeah, pulling pulling into the driveway that I got a hold of Megan to make sure, hey, you got home okay? You got home safe and sound? Oh, that's great. And, I, you know, and then, of course, we were recapping the night and I went upstairs and just hopped in bed and woke up the next morning. And then I had an early I had like a seven o'clock shift at Barnes and Noble the next morning, woke up and was, you know, I was still shit faced from the night before. But I felt fantastic, threw my clothes on, went to work, I had a great day at work. And then at the end of the day, came home and felt like shit. But I also found out when I got to work and I saw Megan and she said, hey, did you, uh, do you remember talking on the phone last night? And I said, yeah, I know. I called you and I called Jess. I called, uh, I called Nate and Davo and uh, I don't think I got through to, to them. But, I, yeah, I, I remember talking to Jess for a little bit and she got home safe. And then I remember talking to you. We were talking about the night and you got home safe. And then I went to sleep. And she goes, mm, yeah. <laughs> she goes, yes, but also not quite. She said, you, 
<laughs> she said you were in mid-sentence and then stopped talking. And I said, really? And she goes, yeah. And then all of a sudden I could hear you snoring on the other end of the phone. And I said, oh, interesting. So, I, so we were in, in the middle of a conversation and I fell asleep is what you're saying? She said, yep. So yeah, so I called all of my friends who I had just spent the previous uh, four to eight hours with. Actually, with Nate and Davo, it was probably more like about 15 hours between work and drinking and bowling and then, you know, four or five hours with Jess and Megan and uh, just seen all these people and I'm calling them all on the way home to just chat and to just make sure they got home okay. And uh, yeah, and then the last person I talked to was Megan and <laughs> evidently I was talking to her on my cell phone as I got myself into bed and just fell right to sleep while while in mid-sentence or while she was talking. And then she said, hello, hello, and then heard me. Yeah, so that was good. Good end. Good end to the, to the night. And then the next day was a great day at work, and uh, we did it all over again. Not the bowling. Never went back to Truman's. Never went back to the Redwood Lanes. We learned our lesson. But many, many more, many more a drunken night spent at Firkin and Fox, which then became the Nottingham Chop House, which was, wasn't the same, but at least it was still the same location. It was still a bar. It was still our bar, and we, we went there every night. It was so great. I loved it there. I loved spending those evenings there, just being loud and stupid and having drinks. And now it's a jewelry store. At least the last time I was on Wolf Road, it's a jewelry store, which is just, it kills me. But I also think that we should... Um, Get, we should get the whole Barnes and Noble gang together, with with a bunch of booze and just go into the jewelry store. You know, maybe we can like drink in there after hours or something. Oh, but goddamn, there were so many fucking fun nights at that place. I had a similar experience that Nate had at the Firkin and Fox. For some reason, it was in 2008, and I don't know why. It's the first time and the only time, and certainly the last time that I'm have ever or will ever observe Lent. And I thought, uh, because I did, I, back in those days, man, I fucking drank like a fish. And I remember Kimmy and I had just gotten married. We're living in our, our townhouse, that fucking awesome townhouse in Northway 11 that I still miss. And she would work sometimes late at night at GameStop and would come home and I would get home from work. I had a nine to five at this point, more like a seven to three at KeyBank, and I would come home and just drink wine and play video games and watch wrestling. And there was one night that I just, oh, man, really overdid it. So I decided I'm going to just, like, for Lent, I'm going to give up drinking. <laughs> and we were still the Barnes & Noble gang. Even though I wasn't working there anymore, we were still going to tr uh, to Firkin & Fox every Tuesday. We had our drinking on Tuesday for some reason. And so we went to the Firkin & Fox and the first day that we went to the Firkin and Fox after Lent began, and I, <laughs> I still wanted to drink with my friends. I just wasn't going to have alcohol. So I went up, and I, I didn't know what to get because I'm so used to getting, like, a scotch or a beer or wine or something. And uh, so I <laughs> went up, and I said, uh, everybody ordered, you know, Nate ordered his beer. Davo ordered his beer. I think, like, Anna was there, another, another of the great Barnes & Noble legendary drinking friends or I mean just friends but who was there for many of these great drinking nights everybody ordered their drinks 
all their alcoholic beverages, and then I was last. And I kind of tried to be discreet, and I went up to the bartender, and I said, uh, can I get a Diet Shirley Temple with four cherries, please? <laughs> and the whole bar, it was, you know, the needle scratching off the record kind of thing. And everybody, all my friends started laughing. Everybody at the bar looked up and started laughing. The bartender was laughing. And then one of the women... There's usually was on a Tuesday at like three or four o'clock or whatever time this was. There was never anybody at this bar until after five. And of course, for, for whatever reason, there's like three or four, uh, you know, middle aged men and women at the bar. And this tough old broad just looks over at me. She goes, eh, what's what's with the drink order? Are you pregnant, miss? <laughs> Which I couldn't like I couldn't get angry at a comment like that. It was pretty funny. Um. Anyway, so yeah, and I got my Diet Shirley Temple with multiple cherries in it, and it was fucking delicious. And now, uh, occasionally, Cameron will order a regular Shirley Temple, and I will I will drink half of it down because, man, those things are good. Shirley Temples, man, it's hard to beat. Uh, anyway, anyway, so there it is. There's the there's the bowling story, the legendary bowling story which hopefully in some way, shape, or form lived up to expectations based on the fact that I've mentioned it three or four different times and have only waited until just now to tell it. All right, I'm going to switch gears because I want, to t- I want to talk. There's still some stories from the vacation that I'd like to tell on this week's edition of the Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, so it was a good vacation. We went to Myrtle Beach. Same place. Uh, the parents have a have a have a timeshare. We've been going there since 1993 to this particular place. I've been going to Myrtle Beach since I was like less than one year old, and my parents met there, and it's like this. You know, it's a whole thing, and you know, Myrtle Beach, kind of seen it enough, been there enough. Had hoped to move on to other places to go on vacation, but then a few years ago we took the kids there for the first time. Uh, we had last gone in 2009 when Kim was pregnant with Cam, and then we went in 2016. So, because during that time we lived in Florida and North Carolina, where it actually would have been like somewhat convenient to go to Myrtle Beach. So of course we never went, and uh, so then in 2016 we went uh, we went down to Myrtle Beach so the kids could enjoy it and experience it for the first time and they fucking loved it like every kid does and then we went back last year and they loved it we were there for fourth of july i got to see the fireworks on the beach uh yeah and then same thing this year fourth of july i didn't take any vacation time i just worked and i took you know had fourth of july off it was great mini golfing with cam got some sushi it was a really fucking awesome day off and then we watched fireworks on the beach and, uh, yeah, the first night we got there, I, I, you know, and you you know some of my trip because I, I was coming to you from Myrtle Beach last week when I recorded the podcast. Everything was from on location. What I didn't tell you is that the night we got there, uh, we got there, you know, right around dinner time. And you get there and, you know, you, gotta, you spent like the last, you know, 17 weeks driving down there. And then you've got to you got to unpack. I like to unpack immediately. I hate I hate living out of the suitcase. I need to put all my clothes away. Need to get, need to get all the clothes away. Need to get the video game consoles set up. 
yes, consoles. I bring multiple consoles because I like to have options. And uh, so I like to get all that stuff, get it nice and clean, nice and tidy. And then at that point, it's like, uh, who wants to go to the grocery store and get things? Let's just order. Let's just order pizza or something. So we, we ordered a pizza from this pizza place called The Main Slice, which is pretty good pizza. We ordered there last year on 4th of July. We thought we'd order from the from there again this year. But they don't deliver. I had to drive there the year before. But they do use, you know, Grubhub and DoorDash and those things. So for whatever reason, I don't know why, I used DoorDash instead of Grubhub. They were on there. It was just the first one I opened. Hey, there's the main slice. They're on they're on DoorDash. I think it was the first result that came up on, on Google. So I used DoorDash and ordered my pizza. There goes my fucking voice. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm like fucking Gary Delabate clearing my throat. Loin, <clears throat> loin. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, yeah, so we we said, you know, let's let's just order this pizza from DoorDash. Pretty good pizza. And it's you don't find too many pizzerias that also do hot dogs. So I thought, I got a few hot dogs last year. They were quite good. I'll order some more hot dogs this year. So we got pizza. Cheese pizza, keeping it pretty simple. Just a large cheese pizza and some wings and three hot dogs. And so, and it's, uh, look, it's Saturday night before the big 4th of July week. Everybody's rolling rolling into town. They're all going out to dinner. They're ordering pizza. They're ordering DoorDash and Grubhub, and they're going to the supermarket to get all their shit. So everything is just a madhouse. Everybody's, all the northerner assholes are in town getting all their stuff so i didn't expect that it would be a terribly quick process so fine so we kept unpacking and you know we had some snacks and whatnot hung out and uh and then the guy from doordash is like texting me okay hey it's it's dan i don't know what his name was dan from doordash i'm uh I'm here, this place is, and he's like, he's like giving me commentary, like, this place is a zoo, it's a madhouse. I'll try to, try to, I'll try to get you your food as, as soon as possible. I'm like, okay, fine, you know, I get it, no worries, thanks for the update. He, he pings me like 10 minutes later, like, still waiting, this place is crazy. I'm like, well, okay, but I mean, that's, isn't that your whole purpose in life? Like, I order something and you go get it? And I, so this is the whole point is so I don't have to like, yeah, I know that's the place is a madhouse. That's why I didn't volunteer to do this myself. I'm paying you extra. I'm paying you something. And also the tip that I've already given you, which I'll be honest, was a pretty generous tip, I think. So, okay. It's uh, thanks for the update. Sorry. It's a madhouse. See you when you get here. And then he texts again, like 20 minutes later, he's like, got your food. Took forever. I'm leaving now. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, great, cool, uh, awesome. You got the food. See you in 20 minutes when you get here. 20 minutes later, there's the guy at the door, and I let him in. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, oh, jeez, man, jeez. Like, oh, fuck, here we go. Here we go. I'm thinking to myself, like, I already tipped this guy. If he's trying to fucking trying to shake me down for more tip, it ain't it ain't happening. So like, man, I went in, 
I went there. The place was a zoo. It was a, it was a zoo. It was packed. There's so many people there. And I'm like, yeah, it's Saturday. It's a fucking tourist destination. Like, don't you live here? Is this... It's not surprising to me. Is it surprising to you that this is happening? So he's, he's, you know, he's screaming and crying about how busy it was in the pizza place. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it was so busy. I knew it was busy. That's why I hired you to deal with that instead of me. That's why you got the tip and, you know, all that. <laughs> so he's like, man, so I, I, went into, I went into this place. Man, they were making all kinds of people. Making all kinds of pizza? Like, uh, weird. The pizza place was making pizza on a Saturday, too. That's... I guess nobody could have predicted that. And, and by the way, I should mention, you know, I, I obviously on these on these food delivery apps, you pay for everything. You, you, you make selections off the menu. You pay for it. I selected a cheese pizza, three hot dogs, and wings, and I paid for all of that up front, plus, you know, like 20% tip. And, you know, and whatever else, taxes, blah, 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 blah. So, so I, so this guy goes into the pizza place and he's, he's supposed to just present to these folk. Here's the order. Make it. And then he brings it to me. So that's a very simple explanation of how these things work. Just like any other delivery service, you order the thing and you pay for the thing. And then the thing is delivered to you. And the thing in this case is food. So anyway, so he's he's in, he's putting the pizza down on uh, and the hot dogs and everything. And I'm like, he's like, man, I got, went in there to get, get your order. I, I showed him the phone and everything and they started making the pizza. And then they came back with one hot dog and you had ordered three hot dogs. I'm like, yeah, I ordered three hot dogs, but you know, okay, they made one hot dog. And he goes... So I said to him, I said, well, where's the other two hot dogs? The gentleman ordered two other hot dogs. And then they looked at me like I was crazy. Which I'm guessing, no matter what this guy's saying, I'm just going to take a guess. Probably a lot of people look like look at him like he's crazy. Probably as I was looking at him as he was telling me this story. Because I didn't quite understand it. So then he's, he continues... So they went over and they said, okay, well, we'll make you the other two hot dogs, but we got to charge you for the other two hot dogs. And I said, well, the gentleman already paid for three hot dogs. You're not going to charge me for the other two hot dogs. He's already paid for the hot dogs. You charge me for one hot dog, and that's all I should have to pay for. And I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, what? no, you shouldn't. They made one hot dog. They forgot to make the other two. And then they made the other two, and they made you pay for them because I've already paid for I've paid for three hot dogs. He even showed them the, the phone screen that says that I've ordered and paid for three hot dogs. So then he goes, "Get let me talk to your manager." So, so then he talks about how the manager comes over and. I, I, the gentleman I'm delivering to ordered three hot dogs. You brought me one hot dog, and then you're charging me for two more hot dogs. And the manager kind of says, like, yeah, because he paid for two hot dogs. And when we make two more hot dogs, typically the customer is charged for those two hot dogs. It's not like, oh, you ordered one hot dog, but you really wanted three. Well, here's two free hot dogs because we fucked up, kind of. Like, I, I'm still trying to figure 
to this day what the what the actual issue was. So then he's telling me about how he's, uh, and so I said, look, okay, let's let me make a deal with you. If you throw in a T-shirt, a Main Street Slice T-shirt, I'll wear the T-shirt just like I had. And he's he's wearing some other T-shirt of like a local burger joint or something. He's like, I'll wear the T-shirt around. It's free advertising for you, and then you don't have to worry about this and that. And I'm like, what is the fucking point of this? I just want to eat my fucking food. I've been driving for 12 hours today. I want pizza in my mouth, you asshole. Get out of here. So then he just keeps going on. And so then the guy's telling me he's got to charge me for two more hot dogs. And I'm like, he's charging you. I'm like, are you telling me you paid for the three hot dogs? And then he's charging you for two additional hot dogs, even though he's already made the hot dog? No, I'm saying <laughs> you paid for three hot dogs, and they forgot to make the other two, and then he said he was gonna charge me for two more hot dogs. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out every scenario in which this makes sense. Cause okay, if he if they had charged him for three hot dogs and gave him a hot dog and then charged him again for two more hot dogs, then okay, that's that's a problem. But at no point, and I'm trying I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to pluck information. I'm trying to mine data, so to speak. I'm trying to get information so that this story actually makes sense because everything he's telling me just makes him sound like he's a crazy person going into these pizza shops asking for free hot dogs and t-shirts like a fucking idiot and then I'm going to have to eat this food that the, you know, that the guy in the back probably jizzed in because he's sick of dealing with this guy asking for t-shirts and hot dogs so I'm the one who has to suffer so I'm trying to figure out like what the actual dilemma is and he's not doing a very good job of telling me so I'm like, okay, so so what happened? I'm, I'm just like, I want you to end the story and go away so I can eat. So he says, so then I had to wait for another <laughs> another 20 minutes for them to make the hot dog. Like, well, you, you had to wait for 20 minutes while they were making hot dogs and pizza and wings and french fries and onion rings and all the other shit that people ordered. Like, you weren't just waiting for 20 minutes for two hot dogs, dude. It's just like this. I don't work for DoorDash or Grubhub. I, I, I know how shit works. Like, they, it's... It's a Saturday night, so like, okay, so what? What? What's the resolution here? What happened? I paid for all my food and I got my food. Is that is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Well, they finally came back with the the other two hot dogs, and I said I'm not paying for these hot dogs. And then the, the manager said, well, okay. And then he finally got them to not charge for the hot dog. And it doesn't make any sense. Because it again, if he if if they charged him for the three hot dogs and gave him one hot dog, then made two hot dogs and charged for the other two hot dogs, then that makes sense, and he has every right to be angry. That's not what happened because I clarified with him that that's not what happened. It sounds like they just wanted to charge him for the two hot dogs that I had already paid for, and he said, "Ah, ah, ah he's already paid, and he, he gave me all one hot dog, and now I'm those two hot dogs are going to be free." And then eventually, like the the manager, you know. I, I, Gave him, gave him what he wanted, but then the guy, then the delivery guy said, and then you know what else I did? I'm like, please, uh, please tell me that the next thing is you quietly and politely took the receipt and took the food and got in the car and delivered it to me. Nope. What I did next was I gave him his t-shirt back, the free t-shirt, and I said, you can take this t-shirt and shove it. Because I ain't wearing a t-shirt with this establishment on it. I'm not recommending you to anybody. And I'm never coming back here again. And I'm like, dude, please, please don't, 
please don't get angry at the people who are making my food. <laughs> like, okay, if there's a legitimate gripe where they're trying to rip me off or rip you off, great. But it doesn't sound like anything happened other than you are not very smart. It sounds like you're stupid and you got angry at something that wasn't actually a something. And now I probably have like urine and semen in my hot dog. That's what I'm, that's what it sounds like. And it also sounds like you're trying to like shake me down for more tip money, even though I've already paid you a 20% tip prior to even having this service provided, which is a big risk to just say, here's, here's 20% for God knows what is going to happen. Here's 20% for a future semen dog that I'm now about to eat. And by the way, I ate, I ate the fucking hot dogs and they were delicious. So if there was anything in it, maybe that only enhanced the flavor. Maybe that's what's been missing from hot dogs these days. Semen and piss. I, I, I don't know. So that was the first night. That was the first. That was a lot of fun. And then on our last night there, we ordered because I really... And Kaylin doesn't eat anything. Kaylin doesn't eat shit. She eats goldfish and ice cream and chips and candy. So to actually get, uh, you know, and occasionally certain types of chicken nuggets, and that's pretty much it. Sometimes a steak, if it's just the right steak. So the fact that this pizza was, everybody was agreed that it was pretty good, and Kaylin actually loved this pizza, and she wanted it again, so... I'm not going to try another pizza place because we actually found a place that my youngest daughter will eat. So that's a good, that's a win. And it's pretty damn good pizza, which is not easy to come by in the South. Pizza, good pizza in the South and good pizza in New England, uh, you know, it's it's, it's really a rare find. Um, so we're going to order from the Main Street Slice or the Main Slice or whatever it's called whenever we go down there. And on our last night at Myrtle Beach, we ordered from that place again. And instead of DoorDash, I used Grubhub because I didn't want to, of all the little delivery drivers and all the little people doing food delivery service things, uh, to even to even spin the wheel and take the chance that this, this Dan character was going to come back. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh I didn't want to take that chance. Obviously, just like people drive for Uber and Lyft, you know, they do one or the other. There was also, uh, you know, we were we were rolling the dice uh, on this Dan fellow being also a Grubhub employee and not just DoorDash. Yeah, luckily, we didn't get him. Uh, the only thing we got the next time was, uh, I don't know if the driver fucking sat on the box or something because it was crushed into the, so there's a big slice of pizza on the roof of the pizza box. That's okay. So yeah, it was a good good first night of uh, of pizza delivery down there, and a good uh, good vacation overall. I actually, like I said, I enjoyed. I was okay with working. I don't know. Kept me out of the fucking sun. I didn't have to apply sunscreen at all. That's part of my vampiric DNA. Um, <laughs> it was nice too. You know, you got like the whole family's there. Obviously, Kimmy and the kids. Uh, her mother, my, my mother-in-law, cousin Mary, my parents, my sister, brother-in-law, their kids. They stayed just a few doors down. And uh, so we'd, we'd go over there and we'd meet up with them on the beach at, in the evening. And we'd have dinner and we'd swim in the pool. And, uh, man, there was some... Boy, that's the a, a thing about the 4th of July. It's, like, bad enough that the pool is just so... You know, everything's filthy and hot. 
and then even even at night, just the pool is like hot bathtub water, sometimes too hot, and you've got all of these kids, and there's just a million kids, and you're just like, oh man, what are what are you doing? What's happening down below? Oh, yeah, 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 there's a warm pocket. There's the warm pocket. Yeah, cool. All right, that's it for me. I'm getting out. And it's so funny because I, like, I, I walked in and there's just like wall-to-wall children. And I've got my, my hands up so I don't have to like touch any of them. And I'm just like on my tippy toes, like scampering by them as fast as I can to get to the deep end away from all the kids. And then my, and this is a funny man. My dad, he's just the greatest. Like I want to, I want to avoid all people. I don't want to talk to anybody. I certainly don't want to talk to any kids who aren't my own. Sometimes even my own in the pool. <laughs> no, just kidding, of course. Um, but man, this guy, like we, you know, we're checking into our place and unpacking, and he's. Everyone in the elevator, he's talking, where are you, where are you coming in from, where are you from, where, you know, all this, and small talk, and, and I just, I don't want to know any of that, I don't want to learn, I don't want to, like, meet people and make friends on vacation, I just want to be, you know, with my family, and make no eye contact, you know, maybe a little, you know, occasional something in the elevator is okay, I guess, Um, but my dad just, he loves, goddamn, he loves talking to people, he's the real article, man. And I'm not even saying any of this to like make fun of him. It's just it's it's impressive because I I wish that I I think in a way I, I don't know if I want to be able to do that, but like I wish I wasn't so bothered by it. But I am. I just don't I don't want to like he was talking drumming up conversation in the parking lot, and I just hear him saying, "Oh, my son's coming from New Hampshire," and the guy looks up and he's like, "Hey, well, we were just in New Hampshire last week," and in my mind I'm like, "I don't I don't care at all." Like you know, there's a million people who live there. Uh, you know, a million more tourists, like, you know, it's, we don't have that much in common, quite frankly, you know, I bet we both drove through Virginia too, but that doesn't mean we should like go out and have dinner together. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. We're in New Hampshire. Like, and I, and I'm not even listening. I'm just, I'm going through the motions and he's telling me and I'm like, oh, great, great. Yeah. And then my dad's like chatting with him for another, you know, another two hours in the parking lot and, you know, and then, and now they're best friends. And they, but that's the thing. My parents go on these vacations and they make these friends all over the country, <laughs> and, they, and they visit and all this stuff. And my dad's in the pool, and I'm I've got my arms up. I'm trying to avoid all these children to get out of the way to just go find a safe space. And then I turn around, and I hear my dad, and he's saying, saying, "There you go, kick, swim to me, swim to me, kick, kick your arms, kick your feet. There you go, that's it." And I'm like, "Who's he to, like who the who the fuck is he talking to?" Because my kids and my sister's kids are all. on the other side of the pool and so I turn around and I'm like it's just some kid he's just trying to like help some kid swim he's like kick to me kick to me there you go hey that's great job great job like high fives and stuff and then he moves on with his day and that's it it's just like oh my god I'm not and again I'm not saying this to make fun or anything like that I'm this is one of the rare times that I'm just legitimately I'm just impressed he's such a good he's such a good fella I'm happy to be his son. That's all. But Jesus Christ, am I surprised when I when I see the way he interacts with people versus the way that I do. It's like, holy shit. Am I your son? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but I can't I can't take that. Where are you from? How you doing? Come sw- teaching kids how to swim and talking to everybody. 
man, oh man, this certain kind of people are meant to do that shit, and I am not one of those people. Uh, you gonna freeze up again on me, you fucking garbage dump of a computer? Yeah, do it. Fucking do it. Fucking freeze up on me, you piece of shit. You fucking piece of shit. I've had a very tough time with this podcast today, and I'm gonna just end it now. Because I can't fucking record. This thing's gonna fucking freeze on me every fucking time. You wanna really hear some good material? This is gonna be me fucking screaming and swearing at this piece of shit. Fucking garbage. How I've got, like every fucking program is closed down except for this, and and I, like I just want to fucking record and be fucking finished with it, and I gotta fucking sit here and look at this stupid thing every five fucking seconds freezing up. Come out of a goddamn death dedication. Fucking ponderous, man. Yeah, so there. I I could go back and delete me swearing and screaming at this computer just now. Not really screaming, but I'm not going to. I thought I'd leave it in. Just a little glimpse of how fucking pissed off I get. Because, I don't know. I have too many tracks. I have, who knows. You know, the computer is, in all fairness, it is almost two years old. So it's pretty much obsolete. So... To have any reasonable expectation to record an hour or an hour and a half of audio, uh, I know I'm I'm the one being unreasonable. I need more RAM. I need more RAMs. I can't get nothing done on this computer because it doesn't have enough RAMs. How do I get more RAMs? I should get more RAMs for speediness and so forth. Oh, oh god damn it! All right, uh, that's it. That's it for episode eleven. So much more to talk about, but I'm having I'm having technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, that's that's gonna do it. Oh, so much more to talk about. Anyway, that's it. I hope you have enjoyed a few of the stories today: the bowling story and my pizza delivery story, and everything else. Oh, oh, and by the way, we're 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 on uh, you know the Apple Podcasts. And because Amy Tig hates Apple so much, I directly went right to Spotify and put the podcast up on Spotify. So you can find Birthday Boy Podcast on Spotify, on Apple. And when I get around to it, I'm probably, you know, iHeartRadio and Stitcher and all that shit too. But right now it's it's Apple and Spotify. I mean, do you really need more places to get podcasts? Uh, but I'll put it on other places. And uh, also birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. That's birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. To let me know how much you hated this episode because uh, because I spent the last five minutes screaming at the computer. Well, maybe not so much screaming, although there was there was a lot of screaming that did not get recorded. Believe me, you can ask Kim. She's a few feet away out in the kitchen, and she thought that the kids' video games uh, they were playing Goat Simulator, and she could hear a lot of f word and everything. And she said, "I don't recall this language being in this video game." And then the kids paused the game, and it was just me in the other room screaming and swearing at this computer because it just kept crashing in the middle of recording this. So I'm going to give up right now. I'm going to be done. Didn't get to uh, so many things. Oh, my God. Well, that's why we'll just keep doing this podcast every week so that we have more things to talk about next time. So email me at birthdayboypodcasts at gmail.com uh, and uh, let me know. Just let me know how great the podcast is. Uh, even if you hated it, just keep telling me it's the best thing ever. Because my fragile ego ego can't can't handle uh, any harsh criticism. Critic criticism. 
I'm good at pronouncing things. I'm good at saying words. The biggest words, the best words. By the way, when I was in kindergarten, I couldn't, like, I heard, like, word terminology for the first time, and then I would try to repeat it, and then it would turn out that I would I would hear it completely wrong. Like, the first time that, you know, when kids were getting in line in kindergarten to line up and go to the cafeteria and stuff like that, and, like, somebody would cut in front of them, and then the kid would be like, hey, don't budge, he budged. Mrs. Hancock, he budged. And I heard it completely wrong, so the first time that I was standing in line and somebody cut in front of me, and I was like, hey... Mrs. Hancock, he nudged. Don't nudge. He nudged me. He nudged in front of me. Mrs. Hancock, don't nudge. Oh, it's budge. So, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm great at the uh, the English language and words in general. Nudge, budge, whatever the fuck. All right. Oh, God, so much more. So much more to say. But we'll say it next time. Okay? So, uh... Enjoy the rest of this fucking horrible hot weather. Uh, can't wait for fall. Happy July. Um, and, uh, yeah, remember, gang, uh, positivity is for pieces of shit. It's stupid, and you're stupid for being positive. So go fuck yourself. Uh, but, you know, kindness matters. Kindness matters, so be kind. Uh, here comes a cliffy call. And uh, I don't know what it is. I haven't even decided. I have a few of them. I don't know. I don't know who it is. I, I don't know. Just whatever it is, that's what it is. <laughs> that's it. I Yeah, that's it. I don't know which one it is. So uh, enjoy. I hope you've enjoyed this fucking rusty-ass episode, Getting the, trying to get back in the groove, and it just wasn't happening. So I don't know. I, I hope you liked it, though. I hope it wasn't as bad as... In my mind, it was bad, but in my mind, all of them are bad. All of them are fucking terrible, and I think nobody's going to want to listen to this, but then I get nice feedback. But then I also tell you to only give me nice feedback so you could all just be lying, which, on the one hand, I want you to be honest, but on the other hand, I want you to keep giving nice feedback, even if it's not the honest truth. So I, I don't know, really know where I stand on that. Again, fragile, fragile, fragile. Delicate, delicate. Don't, don't trash me too much. All right, that's it. Here comes a cliffy call. I don't know what it is, but uh, it's a surprise. It's a surprise cliffy call, and we'll uh, we'll do this again next time. Okay, later, Gator. Okay, sorry, me again. Uh, I just realized I'm going to play two calls. Both of them are from the Macho Man Randy Savage because when I worked with Cliff back in the day, uh, I would sit on the other side of his cubicle and I would, I would just talk like the Macho Man all day long, Cliffy boy. And he fucking hated it. Uh, so, of course, I would do it all day. And so, uh, yeah, the Macho Man, is he's back from the dead and he's calling Cliff. Uh, for a Mint home inspection. That's Cliff's company, by the way, since I'm plugging everybody's things. Uh, Mint, if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you need a home inspection. Mint home inspection. Cliffy Womack. I figure if I you know, do all this shit to him and abuse him nonstop on this podcast, I should at least plug his business. 
and his livelihood. So if you need an inspection in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, Mint Home Inspection, that says free plugs all day. I don't know what I'm, uh, I'm just going crazy. I'm just giving free plugs to anybody. Uh, but I figure Cliff deserves it after all the abuse. So, uh, yeah, and also Cliff has um, Mint Home Inspection beer koozies. So in the second Macho Man call, that's why I mentioned, that's why the Macho Man mentions the beer koozies. Yeah, dig <laughs> it. So anyways, uh, here's two calls from Randy Macho Man Savage calling from beyond the grave to talk to his good buddy Cliffy. Oh yeah, dig it. Macho Man, yeah. Running wild, brother. Oh, yeah. Birthday madness, yeah. Dig it. Oh, yeah, Cliffy. Dig it a lot. I dig it the most, brother. On your birthday, Macho. 
Joe, Cliffy, Randy, Womack, or whatever I'm going to call myself here. We're going to go down. We're going to get some beer cozies. We're going to get matching tights. Yeah, we're going to get matching hats and crowns and assless chaps. Yeah, even though I don't wear assless chaps, I'm going to do it today in honor of you, Cliffy. Yeah, because that's what the tag team of the Macho Beer Cozy Connection should be wearing. Yeah, I like it a lot, Cliffy. I like it a lot. And maybe if I play my cards right, yeah, maybe, just maybe, you'll invite me to live with you, Cliffy. I'll live in the basement. Yeah, I'll be real good, real good house guest. Yeah, I could really use a friend, Cliffy. We'll be a tag team. We'll be best friends. And yeah, even though I'm dead, I'll come back from the grave and live in your house in your basement and I'll eat some of your cereal but I'll replace it with the appropriate amount of cereal yeah cause that's what the macho man does he pays his fair share oh yeah Cliffy happy birthday brother yeah we'll see you soon the greatest tag team in the world wrestling federation the macho cozy connection oh yeah dig it <laughs>